The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Let's talk about those Bama visitors. We'll get there. Also, the uh, early line out for Nebraska Northwestern to dive into. We'll spend a lot of time uh, with Ron Brown next hour. Get his take on Nebraska's different look recruiting-wise, what kind of Got them to climb their way back up as the day-by-day documentary drops tonight at the Rococo. I think that's a 7.30 showing. So we'll talk with Coach Brown and Gary Barnett next hour. Danny Burke with us for the Burke's Best Bet segment. Vizen Sports Network gets covered on NBA and NHL postseason. Brandon Vogel with us in 20 minutes. And room for you at 466-3776-800-825-5865. Chance to beef up your backyard the next couple of hours. We'll give you a chance to call and qualify for that smoker from Capitol Patio and the Flame Shop. Also, the gift card to Russ's Market for some meat. So that's on the way. NFL schedule drops in less than an hour. We'll dive into uh, what Tampa's season can look like. A first-place schedule for the Bucks for the first time since 08. So we'll dive into prime time for Elijah Herbal's Denver Broncos because I think there's going to be a lot of Russell and mile-high footage uh, this year for Denver, between Denver and, and Kansas City. Well, and it sounds like they're opening with an AFC West matchup week one primetime Monday Night Football Broncos Raiders. Which will be awesome. I, I, I can't wait for, I mean, I, I saw the, a tweet out from Benjamin Albright, bit of an NFL insider, and he says, hope the Broncos fans like watching primetime football games this year. He has seen it. I got the text from uh, Jeff, the pharmacist, dear friend who's had Denver season tickets since he uh, started pharmacy school, and he's been out of pharmacy school forever. That's my uh, my Denver connection, dear friend. And he's like, we're going to Denver games this year. And I'm like, damn right we are. <laughs> So, well, you're like, what, 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 what? You, you want me to, we can, we can have you tag along. I just can't guarantee you any seats. You're not, you're not even the Broncos fan here. No, but I want to see good football. <laughs> no, I know. I've been to, I've been to a lot of Bronco games. I mean, I, I he coerced me into going to the, uh, the New England Denver game, the Champ Bailey game. Oh he, yeah. Yeah. The 99 the, yard return yeah, the, for a the, touchdown the, that really wasn't playoff a game. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to see Brady's first playoff loss, which was kind of nuts. Yeah, I mean, the thing is... Trying to focus on one Tom Brady when you're seeing three 
due to priming out mm-hmm. there was was a little difficult, but I managed. See, if you guys go out there, I think I have enough family out in the state of Colorado that I can dirty my way into some tickets somehow. Okay, so you we 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 we've hooked family up with enough Husker tickets, so they got to hook us up for some for some Broncos the, tickets eventually. The ESPN affiliate out there was throwing. There's a bunch of different empty warehouses kind of out by the, the the New Mile High that are bar and restaurants. Mm-hmm. This is probably I was out there for the Pittsburgh playoff win. I think with with uh, Peyton. All right, this is before the AFC Championship game, and God love him, professional courtesy. Uh, hey, can me and five of my buddies crash your radio remote? They were the non-flagship station of Denver, but they were still an ESPN affiliate. They looked up my info and said, yeah, come on in. So it was free beer and tacos. Love that. <laughs> it, it was great. <laughs> and then we found our way to see uh, Big Ben get get swallowed up by the, the Denver D. Nebraska football, a important weekend here as Nebraska really worked hard uh, not only this weekend, but uh, the first part of June. We're talking over 30 visitors unofficially slated in. But uh, Nebraska working on the portal pair from Bama. We may have a chance to talk with Lars Anderson tomorrow, our Bama insider. But uh, Stefan Wynn is the target. He is the priority. He's the guy Nebraska is going to try and get uh on board to beef up, strengthen that defensive line. And if you look at, you know, even a month ago where Nebraska's defensive line was at, you had Ty Robinson and then a lot of other candidates that needed to step up and play at a high level. Still the case with some of the young guys. But you fast forward to now, I think you would trade what you have now compared to what you had then, of course, as always with what you have anchoring, and that's Ty Robinson and Garrett Nelson on the defensive line. But if you if you get a guy like uh, like Devin, you get a guy like Oshan, and you and you add a, a third piece and uh, Stefan Win, four star IMG guy from 2018, two years left to play, six four three oh seven, seven appearances last year for Alabama, five tackles, one quarterback hurry. Uh, he comes from that program. That is all about the process. And what I'm not clear about with Win is talent level versus the rest of that room. And, I mean, it's, it's obvious that he was behind first and second round draft picks and, and stacks of them. But where was he in his progression at Bama on the defensive line to see time this year or – Dude, been there four years. You get the extra COVID year. It's time to move on because Bama's just going to keep reloading. And at some point, you need to pop or they move on. And he still has a chance to do so, just maybe in Big Ten country. There was a, a crystal ball projected, I believe, from 24 7 Sports that Wynn may be a Georgia Tech guy, but he's still taking the visit to Lincoln. And his host this weekend will be Garrett Nelson. I think that'll be uh, pretty infectious energy-wise. And Nebraska will put their best foot forward to uh, to sell. And uh, the other part of this Bama pair, Kane Williams, we've been talking about both these guys. We haven't seen a lot of, of Kane Williams. More special teams work this year for Alabama. But the, the pedigree's there. Bama doesn't really whiff 
when it comes to head to head, right? They give you an offer. You got to go work out for them on your visit. They like what they see. You, you pass all the background. They will give you a committable offer. And then the rest is up to you to, 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 to live up to, to the hype on the, on the recruiting page, right? So with Kane Williams, He's a Marrero, Louisiana guy that, that Mickey Joseph has connections with, clearly the, the same hometown. And Bama won a, a hotly contested recruiting battle. Look at all the, 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 the secondary talent Bama's put in the NFL. Same with Florida. Florida's done a nice job of putting DBs into the league, and Bama beat out Florida for Kane Williams. Also beat out Florida State, LSU, Miami, Tennessee, A&M. That's the who's who. I mean, there's your top six. We don't have Ohio State or USC in there. But those are your predominantly top six, for sure top three recruiting schools year in, year out. When you look at Florida or LSU or Tennessee or even A&M, recruiting rankings, those schools, specifically with Jimbo now at A&M, they've killed it on the recruiting trail. And Kane Williams is a guy that would be a nice add to the secondary room. Do they need him? Not necessarily. But if you can get both, and if you can get guys that, for whatever reason, moved on from Alabama, uh, they've been a part of winning teams. They've been a part of winning cultures. They've been in the college football playoff. And uh, they can help bring some of that, that mindset to the Nebraska locker room. So a monster weekend and uh, we'll see what Nebraska can do with Stephen Wynn and Kane Williams. Additionally, Bill Bush doing work in Kansas City. Good story in the Journal Star by Chris Baznet. When it comes to uh, Bill Bush, uh, able to, uh, to identify and then get a couple of Kansas City prospects in the near future on campus. Caden Green, offensive tackle, four-star, really talented dude. Jaden Doss, wide receiver. Uh, Bill Bush has really been uh, working hard, nailing down the 500-mile radius. Bill Bush has contacts everywhere, but Bill Bush does a great job uh, in areas that used to be Nebraska's backyard. So for Bush to to land a couple of KC Mo prospects and have them find their way to Lincoln here in the first part of June, that's big. You get Caden Green. He's uh, an offensive tackle that's super athletic, and uh, Nebraska in a dogfight. Uh, but making his top five, when you look at Oklahoma, Michigan, Miami, and Missouri, those are the other schools in Nebraska fighting for uh, Caden Green. At least he'll get here as we speak right now in June. Let's turn my mic on, make sure I can talk here whenever I'm uh, coming on the air. But uh, with all these, it's it's Nebraska filling holes defensively. Uh, because as we were talking about earlier this week, the offensive line is the big hole in this team. So I think you're trying to fill all the other holes. Uh, who are we talking to just the other day? I, I believe it was Mitch Sherman mm-hmm. about uh, the lack of any substantial talent still remaining among offensive linemen in the portal. So they're, just, can, they're just not out there. And if they're out there, they're not coming here. So if you can't instantly upgrade the biggest position of need on your team, which we assume to be the offensive line, you go fill every other hole in your team and you, you hope to God, the rest of the offense can carry you through an average offense line. I don't think they can carry you if your offensive line is bad, such as we saw last season. But if you can have an average offensive line, all the other holes are filled within the, the team, within the depth chart. I, I think Nebraska 
uh, should be in a, in a good spot. And it all starts with some of these post-spring guys because now the coaching staff has seen what positions do need to be filled. Well, and listen, the, the, the topic we'll get into with Brandon Vogel, really good Hale Varsity mailbag, is is it going to pop for Nebraska? It, it has to pop, right? It's either blind faith that year five does pop or or else, right? And the win total is something we'll get into at uh, seven and a half. It's kind of been set there. Our old buddy Dave Gregorius emailed in asking a question, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, responding to the seven and a half number that was set out by Hale Varsity uh, when it comes to the mailbag. That's the, the win total over under that, and I think they could be right at seven. Honestly, with the additions, with what you brought in player-wise and coaching-wise, it's a lot to ask in a year one, but it's a necessary ask. If I'm Scott Frost, man, I'm looking at my schedule, I'm looking at my team with a lot of work to be done between now and kickoff in Ireland. Brother, It's you got to be at eight. If you don't get to eight and, and say you finish at seven and five, so be it. But if you limp to six, that doesn't inspire confidence. And, and I know it's year, and you're taking a whole bunch of different pieces and putting it together, coaches and players. You've done a great job in the portal. You've killed it in the portal. It needs to translate to Saturday wins with some of these high-profile guys that are on a second team now, on their second program. And you need to be able to, to mesh what you want to do. I'm interested uh, in the Whipple passing game. We'll talk with Coach Barnett in an hour on this. But just what Whipple can do with some of the screen game, right? And you just haven't seen a lot of successful screens. You did against Oklahoma, uh, kind of the throwback screen and, to, and to, to Ramir. Yeah, Michigan was good too. Thanks. Yes, with, with a Jawbone Hutchinson coming off the edge, they had some good success. With, yeah, with slow, slow down that pass rush. I think right? that the first big play of the game for Nebraska was a screen to Ramir forty Johnson. forty yardy. Yeah. yeah, but you don't see it that often, or mm-hmm. it wasn't that successful. Uh, maybe it can be. Whipple loves to run the screens, especially with tight ends. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more with, with Coach Barnett. But to the, to the bigger topic of, you know, does it pop this year? I mean, it's, it's really got to. And I think you're, you're set up to do work early. Uh, you need to be better and get better as a team late. So it's not a, an 0-3 crawl to the finish where you're you're bowl eligible great and you're at six or seven wins great you're going to the to the postseason yeah finish strong and and i think part of that can can be set up by how you start the season how's this grab you early lines out saw this on twitter and uh in college football nebraska is a nine stop me if you've heard this before for the uh, the week zero game they started out i think at minus 11 or minus 10 and a half, and by the kickoff, that thing was down to eight or seven and a half against Illinois. But right now, Nebraska's starting off the year. College football spreads out from NCAA Nation 24-7. Nebraska favored by nine and a half over Northwestern. Penn State uh, just shy of a field goal favorite over Purdue. That's a monster showdown because Purdue looked great in their bowl game, and the guys that are coming back won that bowl game for him, so Purdue's got some early smoke. TCU minus nine and a half against the Buffs. 
Oregon uh, is a almost a 17-point dog against Georgia. That's an early season opener. Ohio State and Notre Dame, very juicy. The Irish, almost a two-touchdown dog. Clemson favored by 20 over Tech. And Bama, Texas are part of the uh, the early season eyebrow-raising matchups where you have Bama's a 15-point favorite over Texas. You have SC and Stanford that open things up. And Washington State and good old Wisconsin. Uh, Washington State's a shell of, of what they were under the Pirate. But we'll see where Wisconsin ends up going. Interesting stuff from Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barda. He has a proposal. You have Big Ten meetings that are in Rosemont, Illinois, Monday and Tuesday. Does this get momentum? Gary Barda wants to reimpose the one-year sit-out rule if you transfer. That's his answer to battling back to the Wild West, as we've called it, he's called it, everyone's called it, with recruitment and NIL and the free transfer in the portal. So how does the Big Ten recourse? They, they're at least Barta throwing out there, well, all right, you can leave, but you had to sit out of here. We'll talk to Vogues next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Listen to the radio on Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Ron Brown coming up 35 minutes away. His take on day by day and Nebraska was on a decline heading into the 91 season. They revamped, re-recruited the rest, as they say, history six D and three. Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, managing editor HailVarsity.com and magazine. His book, Dream Like a Champion. Vogues, I want to start with uh, Day by Day in Nebraska and the documentary. And as a, as a kid growing up in Nebraska, did you have a, a low point or a, a point where, okay, you see the program was dwindling or were you kind of like the rest of us and said, Hey, you know, top 10 rankings are still pretty cool. Even though you, you'd never get over the hump against the, the Florida schools. No, um, I think, you know, probably like most people, it was, it was all relative. I mean, in, in terms of the, the, the game that probably hit me the hardest. And I would, I wouldn't even describe myself as like, a huge Nebraska fan at that age. It was just kind of like what was going on and what you talked about and, and what you watched. Uh, that 94 Orange Bowl against Florida State, um, that was that was a tough one. for Even for somebody who would have, you know, I mean, I'm like 15 at that age, so very much into playing like, yeah, I'm too cool to be a Nebraska fan, you know? <laughs> that <laughs> That one hit pretty hard, 
Um, but I remember, and I don't remember what year it is. Maybe you'll remember it off the top of your head, Schmitty. But, like, they finished outside of the top 15 one of those years in, in the 90s. And it was just like, what the hell is going on here? This is terrible. Um, why can't this program get over the hump? So I remember that, honestly, much more probably than I remember kind of the three championships in four years of like, ah, oh, Nebraska's just stuck here. They're really good. And we take that for granted because they haven't yet gotten to be the best. You know, you, you touch on the 1990 season, and it was it was not good, and it wasn't your typical because there had been nine and three seasons before. But you know, you what was different about that season is Nebraska lost the way they lost. They lost to I think they lost to. I think they lost to they lost to Washington in nineteen ninety one. All right, Brunel and company I think came in the year they split the title. Ninety though they they lost the the bowl game to Georgia Tech. They lost to Colorado. They lost. They entered into that Colorado game like nine and zero or something along those lines, or eight and zero. Right, yep. and and then that game was just nuts where. Mickey Joseph's running around the end. They call him out of bounds. He breaks it and game over. It goes from 13 to nothing or 12 nothing because it was just your black ice, rain soaked misery, south end zone, right? And, and, and Colorado blows up for 27 points in the fourth quarter, right? And just. Wow, <laughs> the place was was silent and deadly, leaving as everyone's frostbitten. Then you play Oklahoma the next <laughs> week, and they annihilate you while throwing Mickey into the bench. All right, so Mister Probation yeah. University under Gary Gibbs drops a nuke on you, forty-five to ten, and then oh, you get the other team vying for a national championship. You just played Colorado. Here's Georgia Tech, right? In the Citrus Bowl, and they 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 unload on you in the second half. Like it was like a ten or a thirteen point game, right? And and then it just it gets it gets sloppy. And so yeah, ninety felt like a way air quote worse nine and three because if you were losing, you'd lose to you'd lose to OU playing for a title probably. You'd lose to Miami sharing a title, or you'd lose to. A UCLA and Aikman, right? That was knocking on the door. I mean, that's how the '80s pretty much went. Whereas the guy you didn't get by was Switzer, or you were poised for a top three finish, and then you had to go play someone that was real, real good in the bowl game. And what's crazy is that the '91 draft. I mean, you had your your third and fourth pick overall were were, were Nebraska players, Mike Kroll and Bruce Pickens. You had a ton of guys go in the NFL draft in 1991 from that 1990 team. Kenny Walker's like my favorite ever. And you just you just couldn't figure the math out. How do you have all this NFL talent? How did you get not just beat, but embarrassed? And yeah, that was that was the that was the year where it all flipped and Nebraska had to kind of reevaluate their recruiting. Yeah, that that's Incredibly impressive recall. 27-12 was Colorado game. Pulled up the schedule. Uh, you forgot about beating Kansas 41-9, to which, you know, 
Uh, I forgive you for that. Like, See, I, that the, the Kansas you know? game I always remember was the six-touchdown Calvin Jones game the year later. <laughs> yeah, and then you, and then you lose forty-five ten to Oklahoma, and then you know, like this almost seems unthinkable in today's football. Of like, and I mean, college football has always been dominated by the, the heavyweights, but like a Georgia Tech kind of coming from nowhere to win a, a share of the national title, which I know you can't do technically now, but just just out of nowhere. So Nebraska finished three and four to end that year, twenty um, fourth in the AP poll, which felt like you know a tragedy. Uh, <laughs> Nebraska, you know, they had they had a streak. I think going back to eighty one. 81 to 2002, somewhere in that range, ranked in every AP poll, still the record for, for consecutive rankings. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we thought of it at that point. And you, you mentioned Mike Kroll, interview with Mike Kroll coming up in the May issue of Hale Varsity. Oh, sweet. So, subscribe that, now. I, I, I you know, uh, HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe while we're on this. Yeah. No, Kroll, Kroll was incredible. And, you know, as we pay it forward to, to the Hale Varsity mailbag, you know the the numbers out there seven and a half, and the the topic of of popping right is this finally getting rid of that zit right by your nose or is it scar you <laughs> right? There's different types of popping, and you know you've got you've got players you've got a new staff can it can it all come together and be ready for Ireland and beyond? I mean that's I'm fascinated because I think eight's eight's got to be the number. Six gets it done because you're you're playing and you're practicing for a bowl game. Seven, okay, it's way better than three. But the schedule Nebraska has gone through the last few years, right? There's, it's not it's not easy, but it's manageable. And I think there are some absolute losable games. But I think as new as this team is, or or supposed to be Vogues. I think with talent and experience and the quality of coaching, you know, I think eight could be could be good, could be realistic, but it sounds, man, it sounds pretty aggressive to just go ahead and put your money down right now and say, yep, it's going to be eight. Yeah, it does. It does feel aggressive to me. And, you know, my answer to that question. So I wasn't surprised that seven and a half number, like that's where I thought it would be. I kind of wrote out projected win totals, what I thought they'd be using some power rankings for all of the Big Ten teams in the April issue, and that's where I had Nebraska at that seven and a half. Um, so that that part of it didn't didn't surprise me as as a, I guess as a whole, but it, it's it's tough. I mean, I my answer in that, that yearbook to the question of like, you taking Nebraska over, or you taking Nebraska under, I was like, if you can guarantee me a win in the first game of the season, I might take the over. And you know, we've, we've talked about in weeks past the importance of that Northwestern game. And when we talked about it then, I was like, it's important. Like, Trevor Albers came out and said it's important. I think everybody knows that it is. I can't write, you know, and I'm not saying anybody else was doing this. I Personally, I'm like, well, you can always rebound from something. But for me, in terms of getting to eight wins or even more, you win that first one, I feel a lot better about taking the over on seven and a half wins for Nebraska than I do if they if they don't. Um, and, and not just because of how the schedule lines up, but it's it's a program that we've heard from various partners uh, or various parties 
you know, that, that needs a little bit of momentum. That that plane ride from back from Dublin is going to be long, no matter what. You know, these players are used to leaving that a couple hours after the game and getting back in the Lincoln at 5 a.m., which isn't fun. But this is going to be a different animal. Uh, and having to sit with a potential loss there worries, worries me for a team that's been where Nebraska has been. Get a win, and I feel a lot better about that all of a sudden. Brandon, my take is if Nebraska's worse than seven and five, it's going to be a hell of a lot worse than six and six. Because I think if you can find six losses on this schedule, there's probably two or three more. Is that a fair take to have here? That I don't think Nebraska gets to a bowl game by the skin of their teeth. Because if they lose six games, they're probably going to lose more than that. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair given the track record of of Nebraska football over the past four seasons. You know. So so when any of these win totals come out, whether it's Nebraska or anybody else, I kind of look at that as about a win-and-a-half range. And, like, anything that falls in there is probably pretty normal. You know, maybe, like, so for Nebraska, if you're seven-and-a-half, they get to nine, like, that would be viewed as an unquestionable success. And it would be an unquestionable success. For me, it would fall into, like, uh, you know, you probably had a positive turnover margin and special teams was, was significantly improved and you got a bounce or two along the way to go from nine to six. Well, probably all the opposite of that has happened, which feels like the story of Nebraska football for the past four seasons, Mm -hmm. five seasons, perhaps. So, you know, you always have to look at these things with a range, but I, but I kind of agree with you. Like, if they're going to get to, like, you, you just pencil it out and you look at how these teams kind of look going into 2022, it's, it's you know, getting to six losses, you're, you're kind of reaching the, the, the limit of what I think we can reasonably think about these teams now. And there'll, there'll, be, there'll be a couple that are different, different in the fall. But, um, you know, if you're going to get to six, like, hey, like, let's just go ahead and, blow past that that's it's what i think we all agree upon like if you don't get to that number it's going to be trouble uh let's just blow past that and go ahead and go to eight or nine if uh if we could brandon vogel is with us hailvarsity.com and magazine managing editor and uh, of course his book with john cook dream like a champion vogue's fun to chat brother we'll uh dive in a little bit further saturday morning on uh, the the Bama two-step here, Nebraska trying to close a deal this weekend with uh, some guys that have been part of the process. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks a lot, guys. There he is, Brandon Vogel with us. I'm glad he snuck in that Kansas win. Underrated 41-9. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. 
Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. We uh, talked some Nebraska with Vogues and the win total posted, of course, ESPN Lincoln On Demand podcast available for you to subscribe to. Give us a rating, good, bad, ugly. We like all takes. And uh, that is Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hale Varsity Radio, where you can log on and subscribe. It is free. So NFL on our mind here as your turkey day is set. While you are going to be subjected to Detroit, at least you get to see the Bills. All right, that is at least a decent matchup. Maybe they'll take a frozen ferry across one of the Great Lakes. Not sure which one. Probably Lake Erie from Buffalo to Detroit. Giants-Dallas, that's always pretty tasty. New England and Minnesota. Your three London games, Saints-Vikings, first part of October, Green Bay-Giants, and then Jacksonville-Denver right before Halloween. Tampa. Do they get back to the postseason? You have another year with Brady. You have Julian Edelman. Don't know if they'll re-sign Sue. You have Levante. Gronk is, he's not officially back yet, is he? Don't think so. So they're working on Gronky Kong. But your schedule is going to be interesting for, for Tampa. New head coach, Arians up in the uh, the old owner's suite. And they have a first-place schedule, Tampa does, for the first time. Since 2008, that means they'll face Green Bay at home. They'll have Kansas City at home. They'll have the Rams. They'll have the Seahawks, Cincy, and Baltimore. So that's pretty awesome schedule for Tampa. They're at Dallas. They're at San Fran. They're at Arizona. They're at Pittsburgh. They're at Cleveland. Murderer's Row for Tampa as they try and get another ring with Brady. Uh, And you have international flavor, of course, Seattle and Tampa in Germany. Mexico will host Arizona, San Francisco, and uh, one more international game. And then the topic of Denver, my friend. A lot of prime time for the Donks, probably something with the opener or Sunday night. Uh, You'll get both primetime matchups with Kansas City, I'd assume. And we'll see the full slate. Do we know who Denver will draw? Who did they draw last year out of the NFC? Do they have the NFC West? Do they have the NFC NFC East? I feel like they had the East, didn't they? Because usually you do home and away. You're looking that up right now? I am looking that up right now. Because that's interesting to me. Because if, if they get the NFC West... That'd be fun, where they have Arizona, where they have the Rams, right? Where they have San Francisco, some of those teams, on top of the regular gauntlet of the AFC West. Uh, I believe they it's the NFC, ooh, let's see, they got the Jets, Cardinals, 49ers, Panthers, Rams, Seahawks. From the NFC this season, so 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 they're doing they're doing the second half of the West, I guess, and some South, South. mixed in. Yeah, okay. On top of the regular division, oh, I, I said the Jets. The Jets are an AFC team, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I got. Yeah, it's it's like half NFC South, West. half NFC at West. Okay, all right. 
We were so. talking win total for Nebraska. I'm going to put you on the spot, donkey fan. Denver a playoff team? Yeah, of course. Denver a hosting playoff team? Probably not. You don't think you're not going to take them over KC? The Broncos are forgetting the Chargers and, and Raiders, possibly. The Chargers, yes. The Raiders, no. The, the Raiders still have Derek Carr as their quarterback, who's good, but he is now the worst quarterback in that division. They gave, they gave him some weapons. You think, you, you think Carr's better than Herbert? No. No, I think Justin Herbert's better than Derek Carr. And I also think the uh, Raiders have the worst back seven. Their secondary is probably the worst of anyone in the division, which that's not the division in football where you want to have that. They made some upgrades uh, to their pass rush. But Raiders I have slotting into the uh, last spot in the AFC West, 49ers and Broncos wildcard teams. Chiefs probably win the division again, but hopefully Denver gets a win at home against the Chiefs this season because I think I've said it on the show before, Denver has not beat the Chiefs in six seasons. So It's been a long, long time. Last time Denver beat the Chiefs was the year they won the Super Bowl. What do you think about Amazon shelling out a billion for Thursday Night Football? Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet. We pretty sure who I'm talking to. Most of you have Amazon as one of your streaming service providers. Are you anxious the day the NFL Sunday ticket moves off of DirecTV? Maybe to a streaming service, maybe to a Netflix, maybe to pick somewhere else or the the red zone channel because i haven't had direct tv in a hundred years and i do have friends that have have it and then you can also just lock in and and say you're a denver fan you get most of the denver games you get most of the green bay or viking games you get most of the chiefs games but if you're a lonely old Texans fan, or you love the Saints, or you're a Dolphins guy, or even San Francisco, for the most part, like those, those pri- high-profile afternoon games you get either on Sunday night football or you get the 3.30 time slot. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I saw there wasn't that many times we had to go to a bar to watch Cincinnati. We, we would get some Cincinnati games, uh, which worked because KC's usually in prime time which opened up a slot. Uh, Seattle was a different story. And now, quite honestly, we're not going to be going out for beer and wings to watch Seattle with Russell gone. It's, hey, Drew Locke. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Things get real sideways for Pete. He does one of those international games. They may leave him over in Germany against Tampa. So... I've just decided that since I've been buying Sunday tickets the last couple of years, it's one so of those. You, so it, you've dove, you dove in. They have a great college student special, which I don't know. They haven't taken it away from me yet. So well, you're con- you're contemplating graduate school, Elijah. Well, no, they they've just kept on refreshing me up on it. So I'm not sure what it. I mean, you dropping a hundred? Uh, last year I dropped like eighty five dollars. That's it for the season, and yeah. you had any game you wanted, and the the red zone. Yeah. Channel. Yeah, the student special Ooh. is a great deal. And then you could combine it with any other offer, too. So if you, it was like it's supposed to be like a 99.99 flat rate for mm-hmm. football, but then you, I got like a 15% off, so it came down to like 85 bucks. Great deal. One of those things that I don't think I could live without during football season is the NFL Sunday ticket. You just lose the nationally televised game. So you don't get Monday night football. You don't get Sunday night football. You don't get Thursday night football. So That's a little rough because those are some great matchups. Yeah, you just have to have like a different, like an actual have to have bunny TV or whatnot to go watch those, yeah. So, okay. And, I mean, Amazon Prime has uh, football games on Thursday night now, mm-hmm. which 
Thursday night football is always the worst product of the season because teams don't actually get a practice for Thursday night it's, football. It's not good, and the matchups are so-so. Because no one wants to play in them. You're, you're getting no. like one walkthrough between your game Sunday and your game Thursday, and it ends up being a terrible <laughs> football game every single week. I can't believe none of the money-making people in the NFL figure that out yet. That doesn't matter what you do, it's going to suck. It isn't good. We'll dive in with Gary Barnett, get his take on... Gary Barda's thoughts advocating bringing back the one-year sit-out period if you transfer. Ron Brown, 15 minutes away. His involvement in the day-by-day documentary, that drops 7.30 at the Rococo tonight. Tomorrow in Saturday showings, we'll get Coach Brown's thoughts on what flipped for Nebraska and why it flipped recruiting-wise. We'll wind down Hour 1 next on Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, 10 minutes away. Senior offensive analyst, longtime assistant for Nebraska football. Ron Brown, his take on day by day. Also, uh, thoughts on NIL and the portal. Gary Barta says, let's sit out for a year. Can that pick up any steam at Big Ten meetings Monday and Tuesday? Do you want it to pick up steam? Or if the Big Ten adopts this, if they get enough momentum behind it, do you want the conference to be the only conference that isn't allowing the free pass with the portal? And here's my thought on it. I think this would this would wrangle back control. But there needs to be exceptions. That is, if I would even go as far as to say if your position coach leaves. For sure, your head coach. I mean, those are the two factors that should waive having to sit out a year. As as it stands right now, it's open season. It's free agency. There's no contract. And tampering's horrid. You're having to re-recruit your team every day. That's probably an exaggeration, but maybe not. I can't imagine the paranoia at some programs. Now, it can benefit Nebraska if they land a couple of Bama guys and continue to do work like they've done. It's been a good portal year for Nebraska. They've been able to recoup some of what they've lost. And in some instances, more experience if Stefan Wynn decides to play football for Nebraska with his Bama background. But if... Would, would this would put the Big Ten potentially at a disadvantage, but it, uh, on the other side of the coin, it would also preserve uh, some Big Ten talent, and you wouldn't lose some guys to to the portal. You wouldn't lose some guys off your team. There'd be more of a stable league, a, a stable conference, and I, I think there's 100 ADs and head coaches that are Nodding their head yes with what Bart is thinking. But do you take the plunge into the deep end of the pool and say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this? Kirk Ferentz is on board with it. I think Scott Frost would be all about it. I think Trev would, I mean, I'm speaking for these folks and could be way off, but I don't think so. There needs to be some sort of penalty if you just want to tap out. Because on one side of it, schools can't punt a guy if they absolutely whiffed on the evaluation. That's their fault, but the kid gets gets his tuition and board and all that good stuff handled, which he should. For too many years, 
there's not been a, enough given back to the athlete. But now the pendulum swung the other way where it's it's a free-for-all. So I'd love to get some thoughts from Big Ten officials. We'll talk to Gary Barnett in 30 minutes. Uh, how how likely, great idea, how likely is this? Put a, put a, a roadblock road back up from just being able to, to, to tap out and go to a, a better offer where you think the, the grass is greener. Let's get you qualified right now for that smoker and the gift card to Russ's Market, Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker, the gift card to Russ's. It is Beef Up Your Backyard with ESPN Lincoln, and we'll do Collar 9 right now to qualify. End of May is when we'll do the drawing. Collar 9, right now, beef up your backyard with Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, Russ's Market. Collar 9, 466-3776. Ron Brown next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Into Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Day by day, uh, gets going tonight at the Rococo Theater. The Rise, part one of this documentary on Nebraska's dominance. We bring in a, a key, key part of it. Longtime assistant with Nebraska and senior offensive analyst, we say, out of Ron Brown. Coach, how we doing? Are you, you ready for some popcorn and some candy? Maybe a soda for, for a movie tonight. Thanks for the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like that sounds like a good time, Schmitty. Um, uh, and uh, I, I miss those days. So yeah, that, that would be uh, that'd be fun. Well, uh, it it is uh, an era that Nebraska fans are are so excited about and remember well the uh, the championship run and uh, day by day is uh, it's been a long time in the works pandemic and all and uh, it premieres tonight coach what what are you excited about when it comes to this story there's a couple of different themes with it and talking with the director Justin and also talking with Josh Davis about this project the, really a passion project for him and they the 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 journey to to win a championship, you were a part of that journey, and then also uh, to maintain that that bar, to maintain that standard, and it's covered in both instances with this uh, day by day movie. You know, Trimetti, um when I came to Nebraska, uh, Coach Osborne hired me in 1987 to come coach the wide receivers, tight ends, and wingbacks. Um, you know, I, I knew I was a part of something special um, where I had grown up on the East Coast, all, 
Nebraska was kind of bigger than life when it came to football and was a top five team at the time. I came from out of the Ivy League. I was the youngest coach in the Ivy League uh, at my school, Brown University. Um, a very new coach, didn't really know a whole lot of anything, was a defensive coach. Coach Osborne hired me as an offensive coach here. So I, everything kind of felt like over my head to a degree. Mm -hmm. I was in a big-time football state. But, you know, what was what was interesting about it, Schmidt, is that we lost seven straight bowl games. I thought it was my fault. Uh, <laughs> seven straight bowl games. Nebraska loses. and But, but when you look at it, Schmidt, we were playing against rigorous competition in those bowl games. And um, it just brought out a lot of things. It exposed who we were. Yeah, we were a top-five team that began to decline slowly. By 1990, after seven straight bowl losses, uh, well, in the middle of that seven straight bowl loss deal, in 1990, um, Coach Osborne told us, hey, if you guys can get new jobs, you better get them because they, they look like they want to fire us. Everybody stuck with it. We dug down deep, and the rest was history. But there was a process. It didn't just happen overnight. God's blessing, yes, uh, was upon our program in, in many ways, not just because we were winning, but there was a resilience about that staff, about that team, certainly Coach Osborne, that was um, uh, really very unusual, unparalleled in many ways. So I was a part of the, of the decline and that rise, which kind of resurged again starting in 1991. Ron Brown's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, why why was there a decline? And, and growing up, I watched those teams. You lived those teams. And the teams that Nebraska was losing to were teams that would end up winning the national championship, be it Washington or Florida, or I should say a Miami, and, and then Florida State or an Oklahoma, right? I mean, or, or Colorado. I mean, why the decline? And then how did you reconfigure? How, how did you start the rise part what what did you guys do different i think you know and, and maybe each assistant coach you know we were all there a, a lot of years mm -hmm. maybe have a may have a different view on it here's my view my view coming out of the out of the uh from 1987 through 1989 we were a top five team that was pretty good that was pretty strong during the course of the regular season uh, we even knocked off uh, a UCLA, for example, in 1987, a Troy Aikman-led team. But then 1988, they come back and beat us. You know, we're just not a dominant team. We're a really good team. And then um, Colorado begins to rise. And uh, in, in 1990, we really struggle. We, we, uh, we lose, um, I believe it was uh, four games that year, three, maybe three games, it was the first time that we um, were just about – we were clearly out of the top ten, and we ended up losing to Georgia Tech in the Citrus Bowl. We ended up 24th in the nation, and that's when Coach Osborne sat us down in a meeting as, as that season ended, and he said, if you guys can get new jobs, mm -hmm. you better go because we're probably gone. Well, nobody left, Schmitty, and Coach Osborne dug his heels deep into the earth – uh, that's when we started to formulate the the uh, unity council 
And what I really noticed the most, Schmitty, was there was a humility. There wasn't a, a, a pointing of the finger. There was a pointing of the thumb. The thumb meaning that we had to look deep within ourselves. Our recruiting had gone downhill. Our, our, our evaluation of talent, uh, we were taking shortcuts. And Coach Osborne began to say, look, we have, we have uh, friction between our strength staff and our training staff. We're not all on the same page here, there, the other. Our recruiting has gotten a little sloppy. Um, he said, this has all got to end. And without firing anybody and, and um, having a huge turnover and without anybody else leaving, um, we, we began to make in-house changes within our program that needed to take place. Um, talking about the, the um, camaraderie between strength staff and training staff, where they have to be on the same page, our recruiting uh, got, got, had, had to be addressed, all those things. And slowly but surely, Schmitty, we started to move in a different direction. Ron Brown's with us. Day by day documentary debuts tonight at the Rococo Theater, The Rise. Coach Brown, what input did you have when it comes to reconfiguring the recruiting, the evaluation part? What what did you want to do? What what did you do when it came to going and get get uh, get players? Well, I think our problem, Schmitty, was we had we had veteran coaches who had had a lot of success in that area. But, um, you know, we were always a national recruiting uh, program. Uh, Coach Osborne was was always most concerned with the greater 500-mile radius. Mm -hmm. We we couldn't lose players out of there. Well, we were kind of floating around the country going here and there. And really, the geographic area coach, we all had a different geographic area, each one of those coaches began had a lot of say in who we recruited, and to 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 our demise, because you know it's a very natural thing, Schmitty, for each assistant coach to want to, and, and this is true about human nature, to have the most recruits, uh, you know, on the on the staff. We is a friendly competition. Who's going to really do a good job recruiting? So a lot of times, sometimes you might want to take a guy out of your geographic area that may not be the very best player mm. for another position that you don't coach. And so Coach Osborne recognized that, look, we're, we've got to tighten the ship up here. And so he created what I call a four-tier system where he said, look, not only are we going to have the geographic coach covering an area, but we're also going to put a pos- the position coach. If there's a, for example, if there's a coach Brown, if there's a offensive lineman in your area, I want Milt Tenniper to have some say in that, who was the offensive line mm-hmm. coach at the time. I want him to have some say in that as well. He also um, uh, brought in Dave Gillespie, who was our recruiting coordinator and said, I want Dave to weigh in very heavily here. And then he put himself in the equation and said, and I'm going to get the final set. That was not normally Coach Osborne's demeanor. His demeanor was more, hey, I'm going to trust you guys. I'll let you guys go with it. Everybody knows how to work hard. But he realized at this point we needed not just greater effort, but we needed smarter effort. We needed more eyes on each prospect. And so um, (laughs) that's what took place. Wow. And it really, really turned the corner. And starting in 1991, we were 
I think we just had a much greater edge in the recruiting. Not not that we recruited everybody that Notre Dame recruited. Mm-hmm. We had our own system, and look, we didn't have to copy anybody else. What worked for us? What type of kids do we need? We want to obviously continue to get the very best walk-on candidates that we could get. A 500-mile radius was really re-emphasized, and if we're going to go on a kid outside of the 500-mile radius, he, he better be awfully good. And if we make a mistake, if we make a mistake, if we bring in a kid and we realize, oh, boy, he's not as good as we thought he was, Coach Osborne's comment was, well, we better we better correct the mistake. We gotta we better make sure that it's not a mistake mm-hmm. by developing him and getting the most out of his talent. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you that I think worked fantastically. I think that was what needed to take place in the recruiting, and it did. Ron Brown's with us, uh, Hale Varsity Radio, longtime Nebraska assistant, day by day. A uh, little look see into the, the the different type of player Nebraska went after in the four different tiers that uh, was part of the process. Coach, uh, while I have you on here, uh, a quick reaction to the new world of college football. We've been talking recruiting and how you guys shifted, changed. What is your take on Portal and NIL from a specific standpoint of it feels like Nebraska's done a great job of adapting to this new normal? Yeah, we'll, we'll see, Shemetti. You know, I'm, I'm always a believer that you, you don't really – fully get a true indication on your recruiting until until the player's career is over. Yeah. Uh, so so you look back and you say, well who who are the best recruiters? Well, go back and look and see what players came here and really played extremely well. Who who was consistently showing up as the guys that were recruiting them, those are the best recruiters. Who are the best recruits? Go back and look at their careers. There's a variety of ways. There's a lot of ways to peel the potato, but you got to make sure the knife is sharp. And part of the knife being sharp, Schmitty, is looking under the hood. And looking under the hood means you don't just look at the pretty car sitting in the driveway. You want to turn the you want to turn that car on and see if the car is going to go anywhere. Does it have a great engine? Is it going to go fast? Is it going to be durable? And 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 all of that will require looking under the hood, not just looking at it. You have to get it out there and get it test run. And that is what recruiting needs to be. Transfer portal, it makes it harder to do that. It's more difficult to really uh, test a guy, but you can at least get a feel for a transfer portal guy who's been playing much somewhere else. You can kind of get a feel like if we're taking a kid who comes from the West Coast, let's say he's transfer portal, we can watch his college games and at least get an indication about how that guy uh, can work. Mm -hmm. There's usually a reason why people are transferring, so we want to make sure for right reasons and for good motives we're getting the right guy who has right motives because not all the transfers turn out well. Uh, NIL, um, (laughs) boy, that's – that's a whole different different deal to me, and it, it, it seems like amateurism has um, moved on from college sports. Um, so that that world is uh, is a whole nother world. I hope it's controllable, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I it is part of the deal that we have. We have to try to make the wisest use that we possibly can without breaking rules. 
and um, hopefully we do it the right way and, and college football does it the right way. But I feel bad for the sport in some ways because of that. I feel bad for the kids because this has now become very professionalized and it's it's gotten competitive outside of the boundaries that normal really good amateur com- competition breeds. So we'll see. That's a wait and see for me. Ron Brown's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, of course, uh, at Nebraska. Senior offensive analyst, Coach Frost, before that, uh, a lot of years as an assistant in Lincoln. Coach, a uh, quick thought here. Uh, one of a, a true gentleman passing away. A quick reflection on Al Papik while I have you. Uh, yeah, Al. Al was such a tremendous man, uh, a great man, um, excellent administrator, um, excellent ball coach. You know, he had such great experience as a coach, but he was a, a great, a great man in terms mm-hmm. of just the, the kind of person he was. Very warm. I knew his family very well. I knew uh, uh, his son-in-law was Ray Henning, um, who was an outstanding coach. And I know Ray's wife is Marcia, who is the son of, of Al. And so we miss Al. Uh, um, he, he just fit so many. When we brought him at the University of Nebraska, he fit so many of the, the, the just the areas of, of, uh, of that program that needed special attention. He was, like I said, an excellent administrator, but he was a good man. He's a guy that you could just go in and sit down and talk with. And uh, his interpretation of rules and compliance, he's an honest man. So we'll, we'll miss out very, very much. Coach, thanks for your, your time on not just day by day. Thanks for your reflection on Al Papik. And thanks for kind of laying out some, some thoughts here on this new era of college football. We'll do this again. Always love having you on. You bet, Schmitty. Anytime, buddy. God bless you. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for spending time. Good stuff from Ron Brown, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And that four-tier system really intriguing how Nebraska flipped things after that 1990 season and uh, Nebraska on a bit of a decline uh, they climbed uh, all the way back up to uh, the tune of three national championships we're going to run down Gary Barnett get his take on some college football topics and uh, still to come our uh, chat with Danny Burke Burke's best bets VEASAN Sports Network We'll get uh, Danny's thoughts on some playoff NBA and uh, also some NHL. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. 
Schmidt.com. Also, find us and uh, follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So, interesting email to get into. This goes back to uh, a little while back when it comes to program stature, program standing. And Austin uh, emails in. He's like, look, I'm a day behind because of the podcast, but take it or leave it. Uh, when it comes to uh, Riola, uh, he likes Watson. Austin does as far as a good get for Nebraska for the 2022 class. And you look at where Austin comes from. He's right outside of Columbia, Missouri. We were talking not long ago about Nebraska v. Missouri. Uh, when it comes to uh, program relevancy, you had some Missouri folks, I think this was a Friday show, that were kind of listing Missouri as, as more of a relevant program than Nebraska. And as far as wins, recently Missouri's been in that 5-7 to seven or 6-6 six and six or even a 7-5 and five setup. Uh, Nebraska has not, but from a national... The thing that, that keeps... Nebraska hanging around is their history, their tradition, and uh, while that may not be a recency thing, there's a lot of folks who remember what Nebraska football was and uh, the belief that you can get back because of what you were. Nebraska's trying to do that, build that in the portal. A couple of Bama kids making their way to Lincoln this weekend. Uh, we'll see if they fit and if they want to Uh, be part of Nebraska's team. Interesting thoughts when it comes to the NFL schedule (laughs) as, yes, you have a juicy opener with Russell Wilson and Elijah's Denver Broncos going to Seattle to start off week one. That's uh, tailor-made, Elijah. That's going to be week one. Week two is against the Texans. But week one, Parker Gabriel tweeting this out. Russell hooking up. Yeah, there it is. With, Monday night, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hooking up with his old squad. That won't be distracting at all. That won't be a crazy storyline. Hopefully some of his former teammates from Seattle put some bulletin board up there. And away you go. And to get back to what we were talking about a couple days ago with broadcasting teams, this will be the debut of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman together in the booth for ESPN. So... Uh, another another reason to want to tune in for that one. Uh, there was one more home opener. I saw. Oh, the Rams. The Rams home opener is going to be against uh, the Buffalo Bills Thursday night football. That'll be awesome. So the season, Josh the, Allen. The season opens <laughs> oh, this nice. year with Josh Allen and the Bills against the Los Angeles Rams. That will be a fun one. Uh, the NFL season opens on September eighth with that game. Good enough, man. The uh, setup is is ready and real for the NFL. That's a good thing as the uh, unveiling is going. Rich Eisen went after uh, Taylor Luan a little bit today on Twitter. Uh, that was somewhat funny. Yeah, I believe that Taylor Luan said he's not a fan of this whole schedule reveal, the slow rollout. And and Rich Eisen's take was, well, it's, it's window dressing similar to doing a, a show on a bus with no motor. And this also isn't for the players. Let's let's make that clear here. This, for the fans. this is for the fans to say, 
man, this this is the weekend I've opened during the season. Let's see who my favorite team is going to be playing that weekend. Which game am I going to get to go see this year? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's excitement for everyone. It's exciting knowing, yeah, first weekend of Monday Night Football is going to be the Bronco. It, it's not for the players. Get out of here, Taylor. So Arch Manning is the prized possession of several programs. Of course, uh, grandson of Archie Manning, nephew of Peyton and Eli, Believe Arch, if I'm correct, is is Cooper's son. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Cooper's the oldest Manning boy. The, the disappointment of the family, if you will. Well, he had a back injury, and and Peyton said, "Well, well, Cooper couldn't play ball. All Cooper did was just pull. We'll just leave." leave. <laughs> that and that's a quote from Peyton Manning on TV somewhere. Maybe it was when he was hosting the ESPYS. But Arch Manning is. Asking the the question out there, trying to get the answer, and this is what all college football coaches want to hear. Well, what's the best college town? Not who's going to get me right academically or who's going to get me prepared for the NFL or what's the NIL deal look like for me. No, it's what's the, the best college town. Now, I have not been to Athens, Georgia. But George is pretty proud of of what they have down there between the hedges. The quarterback prodigy gave a hint to which way he's leaning as his college recruitment is continuing to to reach uh, a fevered pitch. Athens, probably the best town I've been to. Manning told On3 Monday he's had multiple visits to Georgia. Uh, 18-year-old is trying to narrow it down. Of course, you have ties everywhere. Let's give Barney a ring on that first number. He says he's ready. Uh, so you have Old Miss in the running. Uh, you know Tuscaloosa is going to be there because of what Bam has done. Tennessee, but it's it's not the same Tennessee. No, no David Cutcliffe as OC or Philip Fulmer. But I think you're going to probably have Georgia and Old Miss. Lane Kiffin will lay on the charm, but he's enjoyed. Georgia, Kirby Smart, your defending national champion. They've had 15 players drafted. Uh, it is all lining up for Kirby to get his monster quarterback. Todd Monaghan is a pretty smart offensive mind, and it sounds like you have a, a situation where those connections are, are very real. Uh, numbers to get in, 466-3776. Let's catch up with Coach Barnett. Coach, thanks for making uh, time here. How you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. The uh, I'm in Colorado. It's windy here. It's windy everywhere. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting blown away over here in Lincoln, but I've got a tea time ready to rock for Saturday, 80 and sunny and no wind. I want to get <laughs> your take. We've got a little shorter shot clock here for this segment, but appreciate you coming on. A thought from you on Gary Barta, and Gary Barta's Iowa's AD wants to reinstitute a year sit-out period to counter the portal and NIL. Can he bring that up next week at Big Ten meetings and get some traction with that or no way? I I don't think he's going to get any traction with that, uh, Chris. That... <laughs> You know that that ship has sailed. I think. Um, <laughs> I so too. But you know, they fought so hard not to have to sit out. Now I, I'm I'm not sure it's a it's a bad idea, mm-hmm. um, and it it certainly would curb this stuff. Um, 
But I, I don't know. I don't see how that flies in, in you know the way the general you know the general attitude towards student athletes having more freedom and more control. I don't know that that can that fits into that uh, sort of you know feeling that's out there or attitude that's out there. I'd be I'd be surprised. I'm I'm going to be interested in watching it and see if it gets any traction. What are your thoughts? You know, I think it's a great idea. Uh, I think it's a fair idea. It's a two-way street where you get a scholarship, uh, and that can't be pulled if if you miss an evaluation. The kid still gets to go to school. He's still on the team, right, whether he contributes or not. Uh, as far as regaining, air quote, power, I think it's it's a smart idea. But I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. You got the horse out of the barn, so to speak, here with – with uh, player rights and freedom, so I don't think they're going to backtrack on that. I think it would create a headache, but and I don't think the Big Ten would, while it would would be advantageous to be the only conference that prevents you from just free reign transfer. I think it would hurt you from a perception and a PR standpoint. Well, if everybody else doesn't do it, then yes. then they're they're at a big disadvantage in using the portal and and having kids leave. The portal, you know, leave mm-hmm. on the portal. So, yeah, I don't, you know, unless he gets traction with every other conference, that that's a bad deal for the Big Ten, I think. Coach, uh, real quick, a thought on uh, Nebraska and Colorado, and I bring this up with uh, we had Coach Brown on last segment, and Nebraska's documentary is released tonight, day by day, on uh, the uh, the the sixty and three run. But Coach Brown touched on how Nebraska had been on a bit of a his term downslope uh, as they as the 1990s came in. And what did you notice about Nebraska football being at Colorado? You guys had caught and surpassed. Uh, did you notice a, a different Nebraska back then? Well, in, in the late 90s, uh, or excuse me, in the late 80s, um, I just think that we got better. I don't think Nebraska got worse because it was still the three of us, us Oklahoma and for three years. And then, um, you know, Nebraska regained it. I mean, they were as good as anybody in 1994. I mean, that was a great football team. And Colorado had a good – I mean, Mac felt like that might have been his best team. Mm-hmm. And he got blitzed. So I, I, I just think that some, some other teams caught up a little bit. And I, I didn't see Nebraska when I was scouting them, coaching against them. I didn't see anything uh, stepping backwards on that on the, in that program. Um, I did think when we got there in 2000 that uh, we had we had athletes and, and 99. I'm sorry, we had athletes and you know we did play them close, pretty close, and win a couple of those games in there, but. You know, until the 2001 game, I, I I thought they were right there. Gary Barnett with us, coach. Got to say goodbye up against a, a break, but thanks for making time. Are you you playing golf tomorrow? I am going to try to play tomorrow. So <laughs> compare scores. I'll tell you what. <laughs> for, uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 give you my score, but I need some whiteout. But I'll, I'll I'll let you know next week how I shoot Saturday. How's that, son? All right, bud. Take care, coach. Appreciate you. Talk to you later. There Bye-bye. he is, Gary Barnett, with this uh, quick timeout. Decent Sports Network's Danny Burke next. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Burke's best bets, Daddy Burke with us. At Danny Burke 5, VEASAN Sports Network, his show Rush Hour, and the Danny Burke Podcast. Pride of Chicago, you got your sleeves rolled up for uh, some pivotal games here in the NBA? Oh, yeah, you know we do, Schmitty. I was already sweating out that Bucks and Celtics game last night. I've got like three different – well, I had like three different bets on that series. I had one being like over five and a half games, which already cashed, but then I also had – the Bucks to win in six into win in seven at six. It was plus five fifty for the odds, and in seven it's at seven to one. And after they lost game four, I was like, ah, this is kind of like you know I'm screwed basically because all the momentum was going back to Boston. And you saw them come out. Boston had the double digit lead, and somehow Milwaukee pulled it out. So that was a thrilling win. And look, we have similar situations tonight. I mean, Phoenix about a two point favorite on the road against Dallas. To me, this is a really tempting game to bet on the side of the Suns. But it's just one of those vintage home-road, home-road type of playoff series. And, you know, as you progress, or really just, I guess, in general, if you talk to a lot of people, they, they make it seem like home court value in terms of the point spread has slightly diminished with a couple of exceptions here and there. But I would argue both in the Stanley Cup postseason and in the NBA postseason, it's really been valuable this year and especially in that Phoenix and Dallas series. I mean, Phoenix just forgets how to play when they're on the road, and Dallas gets a lot of production from all those guys, and they step up defensively. Despite all of that being said, I do have a small lean toward the Suns in this game tonight. I don't know if I'm going to bet at free flop. I'm going to wait to see where the market moves till really the very end. And then otherwise, I'm just going to wait in-game and see, hey, is this really going to be like what Phoenix has done the last two games in Dallas, or can we get a Phoenix Suns team that we know what they're capable of producing because they're deep as hell and you can rely on a lot of guys there, but for some reason it just hasn't come through when they go down to Dallas. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for that game. And really quick, I know you guys uh, may not have this available around you, but if for some reason you have this unique prop, it was offered here in Illinois. I did Jalen Brunson to score more points than DeAndre Ayton. The odds were like minus 130. Brunson is averaging like 23 points per game in the two games at home this series, whereas Aiton's at like 15, and he's outscored him in every game except for one. So I like that despite laying a little bit. I think Brunson is going to perform better at home than the big man eight. And as for the other game, Schmitty, um, the Heat and the Sixers, it's the same thing, right? I mean, Miami couldn't shoot if they, you know, it's the only, oh, you wouldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat. That's been Miami when they played in Philly. It makes absolutely no sense. And then they go and win by what, like 40? when they go back to South Beach. So, I don't know. This game is just throwing curveballs left and right. Objectively, because I do have some bets on the Heat to win this series, I need the Heat to win this series and hopefully the game tonight. But if I am looking at it from an objective standpoint, I don't know how you don't look to go back on Philadelphia unless 
hey, maybe James Harden doesn't come alive once again and beat is still held under 25 points in Miami, can get some help aside from Jimmy Butler, like Tyler Hero stepping up and the rest of the squad hitting three. But I definitely think I've stayed away from that one, but we'll be eager to bet on the Suns in some capacity if they make it looking like it's worth it throughout that later game. It's a whole different energy at home for a lot of players, a lot of role guys. You get the crowd, and it has been a big-time difference aside from uh, Milwaukee doing work on the road to stay alive. Do you have a quick take on Golden State real quick? They got just annihilated last night. You had six different uh, Grizz in double figures. I can't even fathom how that happened, Schmidt. It's like when you're playing 2K and you turn up the sliders. It looks like the Grizzlies <laughs> did that and then some. It absolutely makes no sense. And just as dominant as the Grizzlies were, the Warriors were just as bad, if not worse. Again, it just literally makes no sense. And Golden State has struggled in a lot of these games despite having the stronghold in this series. And talking about series bets, I have the Golden State Warriors on the series spread, minus one and a half, meaning, you know, they got to win the next game basically to cover it because you got to win in a sweep, five or six, in order for that bet to cash. And look, I do think they figure it out. They're about an eight and a half point home favorite. And I could hedge with the underdog value on Memphis. But, look, I, I, again, it, it just makes you scratch your head how that can even happen. But Golden State, they'll bounce back. They'll find a way. Definitely not looking to lay that high of a spread based on what we've seen. But now it definitely changes my mind on what we can expect from Golden State after this series. And I kind of thought that even after the first couple games because Clay Thompson didn't look like himself. And now it's just like, man, they can have these lapses, and as good as they are and can be, they're getting up there in years. Let's be honest. Clay's not been the same since the injury. Curry's not hitting his shots as consistently. And Poole's been great, but he's a young guy, and you don't want to have to rely on him. And Draymond Green even looked like he didn't know what the heck he was doing out there. So, yeah, they can still come out of the West. My confidence level certainly isn't as high at this point, though. But they'll close it out in the next game. I have faith in that. Danny, yesterday on the show I was saying I didn't think Golden State shooting woes could continue, and apparently they could, but I'm seeing this line at 217.5 for the total. Sorry, I should say the total, 217.5. What's your lean that way? Is Golden State going to break out of the slump and score some points, or should I be looking towards the under? You know, I think it's hard to look at the under in this game, kind of like for the reasons you stated, that you've got to envision that Golden State does bounce back. And as crazy as it may seem, I think you have to worry more so if Memphis can score. And you're probably like, Danny, what the hell are you talking about? Memphis just dropped, what was it, like 130, whatever it was. But, I mean, again, you talk about home and road splits. You saw that Memphis dropped, I think, 98 in the last game on the road. And if it's a close game... The issue with Memphis is that they don't have their closer. They don't have John Morant, a guy that the Warriors absolutely could not stop. And I get it, their offense went nuts, but for them to replicate that, I mean, that's damn near impossible. So I would lean over. I actually thought the total would be a little bit higher. I'm probably going to stay away from it, but I would definitely bet the over before I would bet the under because, hey, maybe Golden State does come out and dominate. Then you're getting a lot of garbage time minutes where the defense is kind of lackadaisical, and then you can pad that area a little bit more. So, so it would be over or nothing for me. Daddy, what are you feeling for the NHL tonight? Ah, man, the Stanley Cup postseason has been incredible, too. I mean, I love betting this thing. I love betting this sport and playoff time. It gets a little bit trickier. I was sweating out the Flames last night, had a win in regulation. Luckily, they scored uh, three goals in the third to come back. But, man, tonight, 
There's a lot of good games. The Lightning are obviously tempting because that's been a zigzag type of series, and I think they're like 16-0 and following a loss in the postseason. But still, that series scares the hell out of me. So the only bet that I did get involved with tonight, uh, I took the over between the Blues and the Wild. I kind of leaned towards St. Louis closing it out. But overall, we've seen a lot of high-scoring volume in this series. And you have to account for the empty net as well. I think there's been, you know, like four empty net goals scored in the five games they've played. And the first period over is also hidden each of the games this series. So despite having a solid goaltender in Flurry, these are really two good offenses. And Flurry has struggled on the road. So I bought it down, actually. I laid a little bit more, minus 130, and bet the total over six for that game. So that's really the only official play I got tonight in hockey. I will say, though, the Kings at plus money is the home dog. Certainly look tempting. No way you can trust this Oilers team. So if you're considering something else, maybe you take a flyer on the plus money with the Kings as the home dog. Danny Burke with us. Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network. His show, Rush Hour, weeknights, Monday through Friday across the country, uh, iHeartMedia, and, of course, the Danny Burke podcast. Find him on Twitter at Danny Burke 5. Pride of Chicago, thanks for the heads up on the NBA and NHL postseason. We'll run you down next Thursday, bud. You bet. Anytime, guys. Take care. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one last time here it's hail varsity radio presented by the nebraska lottery schmitty getting out of here just a couple minutes earliest he's got a banquet to get to tonight so it's elijah herbal taking you through the final three minutes of this show here in just a second we will have your chance to get qualified to win the smoky mountain cooker smoker from capital patio and flame shop and a gift card to some awesome meats from russ's market your chance here in just a second but first a reminder that nearly 70 percent of people in fatal crashes in nebraska are not wearing a seat belt if used properly a seat belt can reduce the risk of fatal injury in a crash by up to 60 percent your best defense in any crash to buckle up a message brought to you by the nebraska department of transportation highway safety office before we get to the giveaway for the smoky mountain cooker your chance to get qualified got to discuss uh what was a pretty incredible story coming out of the Omaha Country Club yesterday. Moving on to the next round of qualifying for the U.S. Open is uh, no other than North Platte legend, former, let's see, what list of teams do we have here? Jets, Patriots, Chargers, running back Danny Woodhead. He has moved on. He shot even par yesterday and uh, now has a chance to go play in the U.S. Open. The final round of qualifying going to sectionals. This is a difficult place 
to go in advance to the U.S. Open. We'll have to get Mike Schuhart's take on this next week. But Danny Woodhead, where does he rank in the all-time list of athletes hailing from Nebraska? Uh, that is, if he were to go make the U.S. Open, to go be, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, almost a 10-year Guy in the NFL, his career at Shadron State was incredible. You can go back to high school, Super State in football, Super State in soccer, uh, follow up with an NFL career. If turns it into a golf career after this, I mean, Danny Woodhead doing well for himself has uh, be awesome to see Danny in the U.S. Open. I know he's been working hard on his golf game. I remember a, uh, a video he posted, probably would have been about a year ago, where he was out in his backyard. Uh, it was a game he was playing with his kids if, uh, if they made the putt. Uh, they got tossed, or, or excuse me, they made the putt, he missed the putt, the kids got tossed into the pool. If uh, the kids made the putt, he missed the putt, he got tossed into the pool. And obviously this is Danny Woodhead, one of the best athletes in Nebraska. He made the putt, his kids missed the putt, and they got tossed into the pool. That was a pretty cool video from last year. Good to see Danny working on his golf games, and now he's got a chance to go play in the U.S. Open. That is cool. Before I get out of here, uh, I'm going to be going to go see Doctor Strange tonight. I haven't had the movie spoiled for me yet, so I I knew I had to get in there, get it seen. Going to go watch that tonight. Really excited. I'll I'll bring you my report of the movie tomorrow. Uh, Excited to go see that. It is now your chance to win this Smoky Mountain Smoker from Capital Patio and Flame Shop, as well as a gift card to some awesome meat from Russ's Market. Uh, This is Beef Up Your Backyard. We're running uh, May 2nd through May 26th, followed up with a drawing on the 27th as uh, your chance to get your name in the box here. I know we had two chances to win back uh, this morning on the Morning Hookup. Uh, So if uh, you're listening from across the state, make sure you tune in to the Morning Hookup for two more chances to win every single day. Uh, 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. is whenever they do their uh, drawings and uh, five, 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock here on Hale Varsity Radio. The last chance to win today. Give us a call. 402-466-3776. That's 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Caller number 9 here is going to get their name in the box for the drawing. Uh, good luck to all you callers, and we'll talk to you again. Hale Varsity Radio tomorrow, 4 to 6. A Huda Media Production.